You know, today I just wanted to finish, I guess, this reaching uh, your destination, uh, your reaching your destination message or series or whatever that might be. We started with writing the vision, and last week we talked about living unscared in our life, that we're going to begin to turn around fear, that we're not going to be scared, that we're not going to allow fear to dictate what we do and don't do in this earth, that we're going to purpose in our life like Gideon did to risk himself to save or to fulfill the thing that God spoke to him as he called him a mighty man of valor that you will go and you will set your, you will set your people free as one man. And he said, I will go with you. And as we go and as we learn to follow after Christ, and on Sunday we talked a little bit about being under the influence, as we learn to go into this new season that God has for us, we're going to face stuff, we're going to see stuff that we've never seen before. We're going to go places that we've never gone before. That's why it's a new season. It's a new time in our lives. It's a new time for you. It's a, God's got a new place for you. He's got, a new, he's got a new thing for you. He's got a new way for you. And in, in, in our lives, as we grow with him from one season to the next, we understand and know that it requires just what Elizabeth and I preached about a few months ago or about a month ago. It's that next step, that next level faith that we're going to use the principles of faith, the truth that we know, and we're going to live in it in this new and next season. And the word that I woke up with this morning, believe it or not, and I am not a uh, Star Trek fan. I don't, Star Trek freaked me out. I didn't understand it. I didn't get it. Uh, it was just a little odd to me. Now, when Star Wars came along, I guess I was old enough to dig that because I like Star Wars. That was pretty good. But a Star Trek journey, you know, what I woke up hearing was this thing. If you, if you remember Star Trek, and it, it, I watched it today on YouTube. I watched the opening. So you can go home and get on YouTube and, and, and search, you know, Star Trek opening. And, and they go through the whole opening, and it's Captain Kirk or whoever that guy is talking about who they are and what they're doing. And then there's this lame little spaceship that kind of hovers and goes through. What they could do, you know, in 1970, whatever that was, is not what they can do today because it's, it's like a real spaceship today. But it doesn't look real good. But what they, what they they said was that this, this new thing that they were doing, really truly, it was to explore new worlds, to seek out new life, new civilizations. And then it said, the last part of it was what I woke up with, to boldly go where no man has gone before. To boldly go, and I, can, you know, I just prayed and said, God, what is it, that, what is it for this last part of this, this series? What do we need to do after we've written the vision and after we understand that we're not going to live unscared, that we need to risk who we are, what we have, and where we're going, to risk our lives, to follow after you, to, to, to fulfill the vision, the dream that you put in our heart? And the answer was to boldly go where no man has gone before. Now, that's, 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 a, that's a pretty big that's a pretty big statement, and it's a pretty big idea for us that we're going to go somewhere where nobody else has gone before. People have probably been there some other place, but for you, where you live, where God's taking you, it is truly a place where you haven't been before. He's going to take you into a new season of your life, and if you remember the last season and the season before that and the thing that you went, for, went through before that, they were all new to you, and you all entered in with opportunities to be afraid, opportunities to be scared, but instead walked by faith. Not by sight, didn't take your 11-day journey and make it a 40-year journey like the spies. You stepped into what God had for you, and you went forward. And as you stepped out in faith and you went boldly in the direction that God was calling you to go, as you opened up your mouth and you began to boldly proclaim the truth that God put in your heart, as you opened up your mind to new thoughts and boldly began to renew your mind to the truth of the Word of God and what He spoke to you and what He showed you, you truly went to a place, you truly grew to be a person that you weren't before. 
And in our lives as believers, in our lives as the church, God is calling us to just a new season and a new opportunity and a new thing. But we have to boldly advance, boldly go in there. We have to boldly begin to to change our mind and to change our confession and change the things we do. That we're not going to back down, that we're going to go forward and we're going to do so boldly. Part of the thing that we'll share about and talk about, you know, as I was thinking about this and really praying was the idea that the disciples, when Jesus died, and we shared a little bit about on Sunday, right? He died and, and, and he went to be with the Father and, the, and, the, and sit at the right hand of the Father so he could send the Holy Spirit in, in his place. When, when that all happened, the church didn't exist like we know it today. They, they were now in a place where they had, they were the ones now who were equipped and who had the power after Acts, after that first chapter of Acts, second chapter of Acts when the Holy Spirit came into that place. They were the ones now who went forth then and began to, to begin to grow the church. But they didn't, they didn't have what we have today. There's not a church on every corner. You know, we, there, I was talking to some people yesterday, and, and, and Tippecanoe County has 220 churches. I didn't know that. More churches in Tippecanoe County than bars. Hey, praise God, good stuff. That's good stuff. But as far as their demographics go, the next word was, but we are some of the least, cheap, least churched people in the state. We have, we have more churches than bars, but, but per capita, we're the least churched, one of the least church counties in the state. Now, I don't know if that doesn't take into consideration the fact that, you know, 35,000 people sit over there across the river at Purdue, and most of them are college kids who don't go to church or whatever that might be, but I, I don't know. But I was amazed, you know, at those statistics. Back when all this went down in the book of Acts, that wasn't the case. There weren't 220 churches on every corner. I mean, it wasn't going down that way. These guys went out and boldly began to make a difference. Wherever that difference needed to be made, they they made it. Whatever situation they found themselves in, they continued to proclaim the truth and the gospel of Jesus Christ. Began to tell people, bring people into the kingdom, help set captives free, began to change people's lives. People got saved by the thousands as they went out and began to do what God told them to do boldly. They didn't do it meekly. They didn't do it quietly many times. They got chastised for their boldness, and we'll talk about that in a few minutes. But they went out and did that. They had a bolder perspective than maybe what we do today. A lot of the times we sit in the church and we just think, you know what, God just, thank goodness we're all in here and we're all safe and we're all okay. Well, the real war that needs to be waged is outside the doors. We know that. We talk about it all the time. And who's going to rage that that war? Each one of us. And how do we do that? Boldly. See, how do we do that? With our mouth open, boldly proclaiming. And I'm, I'm just like you. There are lots of opportunities for that, and I shy away sometimes, and I get real quiet sometimes. But God's really dealing with me in that area and in that, in that place in my life that if you're going to go into a new place, if you really truly want to go into a new place in faith, you want to go into this new season that God has for you in your life, then you're going to have to go in boldly proclaiming the truth of the Word of God because that's what you got you from the last one to where you are today. You know, he began to show me, you know, Abraham, he birthed a nation, and Sarah had a baby, and Noah built an ark, and all these people in the Old Testament boldly proclaimed the truth. Noah talked about building an ark, and he built an ark, and it took him all of those years, probably being ridiculed for all of that because there hadn't been any rain, Then all of a sudden when the heavens broke loose, he was glad that he built an ark. He was glad that he was bold enough to move in a moment of time when nobody else really knew what was going on, and, the Mo- and Noah was the one who had the truth. See, Abraham went boldly, He went boldly forth proclaiming the truth that he was going to be the father of many nations, even so much as God told him to change his name from Abram to Abraham so that he could be that person. You know, you have to have a bold perspective in your life. If you look in Joshua... And this is the, just, just part of it here as we go through. I, I've read through this portion of Scripture a lot this year, and I've shared it a lot in, in, in service too. But in verse 2 of Joshua chapter 1, I think this is important because as, as you move into a new season, Moses is dead, and that's what God says. Moses is dead. 
Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I'm giving you. Now, in your life, Moses, you may not have a guy that died. I mean, you may not have a person that just fell over and you're the guy, next guy. But, but there's something in your life that says you're moving into a new season. Whether that was Caleb saying that or whether it was, you know, Stanley as he came and said, what's in your hand? Or, you know, whether it was the message that we preached on Next Step Faith or whatever those things are as we went through the heart and the relationships and all those different series. You know, what is God speaking to you? It doesn't necessarily mean that somebody has to die in your life, but usually what it does mean is God takes you into a new season is that something in your life is growing a little bit cold or growing a little bit old or it's time to move on. Now, sometimes that's sad. Sometimes we hold on because we don't want to let go. But I'll tell you this, and you've found this in your life, that if you'll let go of the thing that God's taking you from and step into the thing that he's taking you to, it'll be greater than the thing that you let go of. It'll be greater than the season that you were in. And many times we came out of such a dark place. Many times we came out of such a a horrible situation and we're just now okay. We're just now starting to see some benefit and we're starting to see some fruit in our life. And God's asking us to move into the next thing. And we're like, come on, man, it was so bad for so long. Why would I want to let, why would, why, I'm just, I'm just glad that it's, it's good. I'm just glad that it's okay. You know, these guys, we talked about it last week, is they, they, these were the children of the ones who said, no, we're not going in. You know, these were the descendants of those because all those who said no and said, we're not going in back, in back in numbers, they all passed away. And so this group stood up. But Joshua had to be led of the Lord, just like we talked about. He had to have a vision. He had to understand the direction. He had to understand that it was going to be a risk. He had to understand that he couldn't be afraid, that he had to be unscared in his life. And God was, God was telling him this. I've been reading this because I feel like God's been telling me these same things. Now, not that anybody's died, but that there's a new thing coming, and these words are true. It says in verse 3, Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you. You know, when we talked about writing the vision. This is part of the vision. If God's called you to that place, and he's called you to that thing, and he's asked you to do this, or he's asked you to do that, if he's asked you to step out in faith in your life, that ground that you're stepping into, he's given you. See, he's giving it to you. It is new. It is yours. It's for you. You have to claim it by faith, but you have to walk on it in the natural. <laughs> I mean, you've got to get out there and start walking in it. Start doing it. Start moving around in it. And then in verse 5, he says, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Isn't that kind of like what he said to Gideon when God said, you're a mighty man of valor? And he said, you got this wrong, sir. I'm the lowest of the low. And he said, you're going to get up here to defeat these people as one man. I'm going to be with you when you go. That nobody will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, he says, so I'll be with you. As I was with you the last time you did this, I will be with you this time. See, as I was with you the last time I increased your giving, I'm going to be with you this time as I increase your giving. As I was with you last time when you came through that particular deserted place, I'm going to be with you this time. And you went through that deserted place and it flowered and it budded and it brought forth fruit as you were in it, even though it didn't look like it would be there when you led, when you went off and got into that direction. Now, as you go into this place, I will, I will bring forth the fruit and the provision and the thing for you there. He goes on and he says, be strong in verse six though, but be of good courage. For to this people which I shall divide an inheritance of the land which I swore to their fathers to give them, only be strong again and be courageous, that you may observe to do according to all that the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not run from it. Don't go to the left or to the right, that you may prosper wherever you go. That as God leads you and guides you, you follow his word, period. 
That means each morning as you wake up, he gives you fresh manna for that day to get you through this particular moment and particular season that you're going through, that you may have the the blueprint that says this is the direction that we're going. This is kind of where God's taking us, but each day he will begin to lead your steps and he will guide you into the things that he has for you. When God began to take them across the Jordan, he took them to Jericho and then to Ai, and then as he went from place to place to place, God spelled it out for them as they went each time. He didn't tell them before they crossed over all of these things, but each time when they came to these places, points and they came to these new places and they came to these new battles they came to these situations God spoke to Joshua and said do this the place where he got defeated was the place where he didn't he moved out on his own didn't consult with God but if you'll wake up each morning and consult with God you'll be able to boldly declare and boldly speak and boldly walk into this next new season that he has for you but without that, where are we going to go? Without the voice of God, without the, without the cloud and the pillar as they had in the past leading them, many of them are thinking, I'm not sure what to do. He took care of that too. It says, as you go on in verse 9, have I not commanded you, be strong again and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Everywhere you go. And here he talks about how important it is in, verse, in chapter 3. I think Pastor Pam might have shared this a, a while back when she, was, when she was sharing one of the, maybe the Sunday that she was here, maybe one of the, the Wednesdays, but it says, when you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priests and the Levites bearing it, then you shall set out from your place and you shall go after it. Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Do not come near it that you may know the way by which you must go for, as this finishes up, for you have not passed this way before. You have not passed this way before. We said we're going to go boldly where no man has gone before. You have not, every time he brings you to a new place, every time he brings you to a new season, every time you sit down in his word and you're saying, God, I need a fresh word from you. I need manna from heaven. He's going to take you someplace where you haven't been because that's the place where you have to rely on him. And I'm not saying you're going out today to swing an axe and to kill your final giant and all the other things, but I am saying that as you grow in the Lord, as you grow in the things that he has, he always teaches you and pulls you and brings you into some place where you're not because it's in that place that you become who he wants you to be. It's all about walking with him. He said, you need to follow the ark. You need to go after the presence. You need to go after In our life, we need to go after what the Holy Spirit is speaking and showing us. Why? Because we have not been here before. I've got the luxury of having a brand new opportunity in January to be able to be the pastor of this church. Elizabeth and I to begin to lead this church in the direction that we're supposed to go. And this word has been more real to me (laughs) this year than it's ever been. Because every day I wake up and I've not been there before. Every time one of you comes to me with some kind of wild thing going on in your life, I've never been there before. Just kidding. You all are perfect. That's, that makes this so easy. You guys are just perfect. I got no problems. It's awesome. See, every time we face a new season, I have never really been there. But I've been there before as a person. I've been there before as a helper. I've been there before as somebody standing alongside Pastors Pam and Bill. We've been here for a long time doing a lot of things. But we've never been in this position before going this direction. So you learn to rely on on the Holy Spirit. Why? Well, in John 16, John 16, 13, however, when he, the Holy Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. Why is that so important? Because you ain't been there before. 
See, we, we haven't been there. He, you, you haven't been there. I haven't been there. We have to boldly proclaim in situations when things happen. We are moving into a new thing. And what that is, you find out kind of along the way. Have you ever been going a direction thinking you're going that way and God really ends up someplace else? You know, at the last minute, you take a right turn. You thought you were going straight. You take a right turn. You ended up, and you're like, man, I'm glad I got here. It's good stuff. But if you weren't paying attention, you wouldn't have made the turn. See, if you weren't watching your phone, you wouldn't have known to turn right. Haven't you been following MapQuest now? It's kind of dangerous because you're driving. I'm watching that little dot. You know, I'm just watching that little dot kind of go along with me. And then I realize I'm in a cornfield. <laughs> or I'm driving. I'm like, hey, look, 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 little dot. It's not following the road. And Elizabeth's like, you're not following the road either. But see, we rely on that thing. I mean, we'll go wherever it goes. We could be going down the street. We could see the side of the place we're going. And if this thing said turn right, most of us would go, well, I got to turn right. This thing's telling me to turn right. See, we need to, when we're going places that we haven't been before, when God's asking you to do things that you've never done before, when he asks you to get to a level where you say, man, I couldn't even think I could climb there. As he asks you to go there, we have to be led by the Spirit of God. And when we get there and when we're headed there, when we're leaving the place where we were, we have to begin to boldly proclaim because there's going to be people that will stand in your way who will tell you that you can't do that. There are going to be things that you see with your eyes that say it's impossible. But you have in your heart a vision because God said, write down the vision. You have in your heart, like we talked about being under the influence on Sunday, you've seen the dreams, you've seen the visions, you've begun to prophesy about your life and about who you are, those positive, powerful words about you and about your situation and about your future. You've begun to put those things on paper. Why? So that when you come to those spots and those times when the enemy presents himself against you, and he will, you have something in your arsenal to boldly proclaim. You have something in your arsenal to boldly believe. You have something in your arsenal that says, I am boldly going to step forward regardless of what this person says or what this situation looks like because God has said. Not just that he tell me and I wrote it down in this vision or I wrote this dream down, I've been speaking it, I've been believing it, but he told me this morning when I woke up in prayer, his manna to me today as I took it into my house was to do this, this, and this. And so today I know that if I step out there, his word said in Joshua that he will not leave me, that every place my foot goes, that land and that, that thing he has given to me, that no man can stand before me. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in Daniel chapter 2, they came into this idea and into this place with the king, and they were trying to trick them. All of the king's men were trying to trick them so that they could get rid of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they told them, that when, the, when all the music goes and it all starts going down, you must bow down and worship. And they said, we are not going to bow down and worship anything except the Lord God. That's it. That's the only guy we're going to worship. That's the one we're going to bow down to. And I don't care what happens and what goes on. That's all we're doing. That's boldly proclaiming because you're standing in a place where you could be very fearful. But we've learned and we've already said, well, I'm not going to live scared. I'm going to live unscared in my life. Shadrach, Meshach, in verse 16 said, they said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, verse 16, this is chapter 3 of Daniel. You've heard me preach this plenty of times. We have no need to answer you in this matter. 
We're not even going to really truly, we're not even going to dignify you with an answer in this place because there's not really a choice for us to make. This is who we are and this is what we're doing. This is the direction we're going and if you don't like it, that's just tough because this is what's going to happen. And if there is some kind of outcome that's negative toward us, then you know what? We'll just take our punishment and if it means we're not going to be living tomorrow, then we're not going to be living tomorrow. But let it be known, they said, that we did not bow down to you, that we stood boldly and proclaimed the truth. That we let it be known and believers will get to the point in their life, will we'll proclaim and will stand and will we'll do all of these things and we'll, 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 we'll begin to meditate a, a word in a direction. We'll begin to speak it. We'll even walk as far as we can walk until it comes to a place where harm might come to us. Where it looks like we're not really truly going to have enough money, that's when we begin to question tithing. That's when we begin to question God, and he said, give over and above. I'm thinking, you know what? We've been given over and above, but we're in a tight place right now, and you know, I'm not going to have enough. I'm always reminded of that opportunity that Pastor Bill shared about all those years ago when he was at church, and we didn't have any money. We didn't have anything, and he, and he was going through his Bible or whatever it was that particular Sunday, and he found a check that was supposed to go on the tithe the week before, whatever it was, and he, he looked, and it was a check. It didn't make it. He forgot to put it in the bucket, and instantly the thought said, well, I've got some money now. It was like 100 bucks, wasn't it? Like 100 bucks in his thing, and now he has to, you know, he's boldly proclaiming. He is boldly going a direction. He is stepping out where he has not been before. See, he's in that position of a new thing and a new season in his life, and God's really moving and doing things. And then he's faced with this opportunity. And when those things come, many times that's where we bail. When it, we'll stick it out through the little bit. We, we've, got a, we've got a little tolerance for pain. We've got a little tolerance for giving up some things. We've got a little tolerance for sacrifice here. But when it starts to become too much for our flesh, when it starts to become too much for our mind, there's too much of us already involved at that point. But when it starts to become too much at that point, when we begin to see like maybe there's a way out or maybe there's another opportunity that I don't have to suffer that somehow I can make this work. Sometimes that's when we take it. See, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were in that kind of place. They said, if this is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you set up. I don't care what it is. Burn me if you're going to burn me. Pastor Bill took that thing and then had an opportunity to decide, am I going to keep this? Because we were in a place where we needed every dollar we could find. See, we were in a place where we, 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 were, we were believing God for everything. Now, we were just little kids, you know. I mean, I was just like a ninth grader or something. But, but, but they were standing and believing for everything that we did, everything that we received, driving around in that little hatchback, all five of us. It was so bad that when we get some places, sometimes I was so big in the back seat of that thing that when they'd open the door and I'd get out, my knees were pressed up against the seat. And if I had to ride too long, my feet fell asleep. So then I looked like I had problems when I got out to walk around the mall because I couldn't, my feet wouldn't work. It was horribly embarrassing as a, as a ninth grader. I'm not kidding. I drove all, I mean, thank God there weren't laws back then. I mean, we drove all the way from Tulsa to here. I used to sit in the hatchback. That's where I lived. I just lived in the hatchback and, you know, we just, that's just kind of the way we traveled. But we were in a place where we needed to see God big. And there was a hundred bucks and it was like, man, that's all of a sudden. I got a hundred bucks. I could be all right. 
but he placed it in the offering instead because that's what he knew God was speaking for him to do. He knew that at that moment, this was going to be an opportunity. This was a, this was a, a, a go big or go home kind of moment that he boldly had to proclaim. This is him boldly saying, you know what, God, I trust you and believe you more than I do this hundred dollar bill. And if we go home and we don't have anything to eat and those kids eat each other, that's just the way it's going to be. And we might have. Matt had a spear that he used to throw around. He was, you never knew where he was going to jump out from. He, he might have eaten one of us along the way. He was, you know, but he put it in. And then somebody came up to Pastor Bill after that service, I think, with that night with a $100 bill or a $100 check or whatever that was. Isn't that right? And gave it to him and said, God just gave, God put your name on my heart and told me to give you this. And it was exactly what he put in the offering. See, God said, every place your foot, every place your foot goes, I give you that land. Not one man can stand in your way. Not one devil can stand in your way that says you're not going to have this. When all of those thoughts begin to bombard you, you have to boldly stand up and proclaim, you know what, if I go down doing the right thing, then I go down. Let it be known that I went down doing the right thing. And that's where we begin to draw lines. Well, then where's God? No, you've got to get that kind of faith. You have to get that kind of strength. You have to get that kind of tenacity. You have to get that kind of boldness that says, you know what? Because you're going to, fa- I'm telling you, you're going to go places and you're going to be in spots and you're going you're to see stuff. You're going to hear stuff. There's going to be enough coming against you that you really truly are going to have to make that decision. I am giving it all up right now. And sometimes you cry and sometimes you sit there and fight and sometimes you say, okay, and then you're firing yourself up and tears are coming down your face, but you're taking whatever that is that God said and you're giving it. You're stepping out and knocking on that door that God said, knock on. You're going down that street. God said, go down. You're, you're moving into that next season of your life. No matter how much you love the one you're in and no matter how much you think and the devil tells you that it's never going to be this way again, this is going to be the last thing. And, you know, how many times do we ever stop to think, you know what, God came through the other 20 times. I mean, God came through last week and the last month and he came through last year and he did, he did make a difference and he did get me to where I am today. Holy, who, 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 who is God that he's going to let me down? Because we forget that. We get so caught up in the, in, the, in the fact that I found $100 in my Bible. So I get so caught up in the fact that that was just sitting here and, and I, I just spun through my Bible. Oh, my goodness. I mean, I could even start talking to myself and saying, you know what? God did. He put that in my Bible. He had me not put that in the offer last week so I could have it right now. And he began to pray and God said, you need to put that in the offering. And he said, all right, I'll put it in the offering. See, we come to these, these fiery furnace moments and we have to boldly begin to proclaim those things that are true. Jesus says he was hungry. It says he was in the wilderness. It says that he was sitting there in a place where he had fasted for all of those days, and then the enemy came and began to tempt him, began to test him, and began to try him. If Jesus was tested and tempted and tried by the enemy, how many of us would think, I think I will be too probably? See, he was in a point in his flesh where after 40 days of not eating, that puts you in a place where you're, 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 you're delicate, But even in that place, he rose up and said, it is written, it is written, it is written. Why is that? Because that was the truth. That was the truth to the answer to the thing that the enemy was speaking to him. In your life, when you're in these places, when you're Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and you're standing against that that opportunity, and and the enemy is presenting himself as a fiery furnace in front of you, what is the truth? What we talked about two or three weeks ago, right? Write the vision. Write that thing down. What we talked about on Sunday is we talked about being under the influence, the dream, the vision. See, those, those, those words, those powerful, positive words about you and your future that you've been writing down, that you've been meditating, that you've been rehearsing, that you've been speaking, because the devil's going to come and he's going to try to take those from you. But you don't have to. You don't have to give them up. You can stand pat on the word. Why? Because the solution is what God told you. 
Don't focus on the problem. Focus on the solution. We talked about it last week. Focus on the eternal thing, not the temporal thing in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. That you confess and you speak by faith. Speak the desires of your heart. Speak those things where you're going. Speak the truth that says this is the promised land and I'm going through. And that I may find a giant along the way. It didn't say in there that they just walked across that river in Joshua and everything was okay. It didn't say that they just decided, you know what, all we got to do is cross the river and then it's going to be all right. But I'll tell you right, they, they had to fight. They had to fight when they got across the river. But they had a fight before they got across the river too. They had to stand up and say, you know what, the fight was within the inside of each one of those guys. When Joshua came and said, get ready and get prepared, because in a couple days, man, we're going across the river, and you better come with us. And each one of those guys had to prepare himself and to say, okay, I'm going. Every one of them had to stand up and make that decision and, and, and say, I'm going to go. I'm going to go across the river, and I'm going to do it. I'm going to. But when they got across the river, they had to fight every time. Now, it was different. Sometimes they had to scream and shout like they did at Jericho. Sometimes they had to take the sword, start whacking people. Sometimes they got to burn the whole place down. Other times they got to keep the spoils. But God was leading them and guiding them through each time, and all they had to do was move out. In January, sometime, I think I might start sharing a little bit about audacious faith in this book, Sun Stand Still. It's written by Stephen Furtick. It said, will you, dare to, will you dare to pray a prayer? Will you dare to have faith that calls on the impossible? Will we dare to get into that place where we're so bold that we trust God and we say, God, you have called me to this. I am, it's, it's about that prayer that Joshua prayed as they were going along. And the Gibeonites, remember, had, had, had messed them up and, 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 and tricked them and made them sign a treaty with them that said that they were going to be there friends and then the other armies were coming against the, Gib- the Gibeonites and so they they went down and they then God said not a man will escape from you that in this battle not a man will get away and so they began to fight and they began to slay and they began to kill and they began to do those things and they were, they were killing people as they went and they were they were prevailing in that area and then God rained hailstones down to help them out and it said more were killed by the hailstones than by the, by the children of Israel as they were fighting. And then as those people were escaping and running and God had told them, see, God had promised them, write the vision, the dream, the things. God had spoke that to him and said not one man would go away. And in the end, as the sun started to set, there were still people there. And what did he say? Let the sun stand still. I got a job to do and it's not finished yet and I may have been slow with my sword or whatever the problem is, but God, you let the sun stand still because we're going to accomplish what you told us we're going to accomplish. And in your life, we have to begin, well, in our lives, we have to get to that point and get to that place where we're, we're so, we have that kind of audacious faith that says, I will step out and I'm gonna ask God for the impossible. I mean, how impossible is that? I mean, how many times do we even think to ask God to stop the sun? I'm not telling you to go out tomorrow and get in your yard and go, stand still. You know, I'm not, but in this moment, see, that was what. (laughs) But he had that kind of faith to say, you know what, I'm going to ask God for the impossible. That's boldness. That's great boldness. David and Goliath in chapter chapter 17 of 1 Samuel. You know, he began to speak. He began to speak to the enemy. He began to proclaim what was the truth. See, because the Philistine thought he was just a youth. He was ruddy and all that kind of stuff. But as it progressed, he got a little bit more irritated. Why? Because this, this particular giant, and you may not be facing a person, but you're facing a thing. The enemy is presenting something against you. See, he's presenting something in your life that says that you can't be or you can't do. But how many of you know David was facing the same kind of things in his life? He was facing the same kind of situations that said, you know what? He can't be or he can't do. Well, why can't he? 
See, why can't we stand boldly and proclaim that God says, I am healed, and that's the answer? Why can't I boldly proclaim that I have abundance, that the windows of heaven are open above my house, that he pours out a blessing into my life, into our life that we can't contain? Why, cannot, why, why can't we stand there and say that? We have moved into a new season in our life where we have more bills than we've ever had. Bigger bills than we've ever had. Yet we still continue to claim that. We still continue to believe that. And you know what? In this new season and in this new place, God's continued to pour it out. That's, that's asking God for the impossible. Make a way where there is no way. To boldly proclaim and to boldly say it even when we didn't know it. To boldly, boldly give when we knew it. We didn't know where it was going to come from. To boldly step out. See, in your life, what is that place? What is that giant? What is that thing that's presenting itself? You've heard the story, and we've shared it plenty of times, but we came together, and it was an opportunity for us to get a little nervous because he was getting ready to go to school, and it's $5,000 a semester, and we did not have $5,000. We didn't have any money, and we didn't feel to go in debt. We didn't feel to take student loans. We could have done all that kind of stuff, but did not feel to do that. We were, we were at a place where we had to say, son, stand still. We were at a place in our life where we had to decide, you know what? We are going this direction. This is the way that God's called us. This is where he's put us. This is what he's doing in our life. So we're going to find out, God, what is your word? We're going to put that vision down on paper every time we get a chance. Every time the envelope came by, God will make a way where there is no way. That's the word that we're speaking. We shook off all the fear, shook off all the opportunity to be scared, and just said, God, you're just going to have to make a way here. And miraculously, semester by semester by semester by semester, God has made a way. And then when you get through that particular thing and you get to that point, then the other one gets ready to go to college at the same time. It's a new season. It's a new opportunity. It's a new day. But God didn't give us a new, a, a new job. He didn't give us a new thing. He said, go back to your old faith and now let's build on that. Have I not come through from then to here? And he gave us a word. And he gave us something to believe. He didn't send down a big old money check. He didn't send down some opportunity. He didn't tell us to stop giving. He asked us to give more. You've heard me say this all the time, and it's not about cash. It's about his vision and what he's telling you because we go from season to season. And no man can stand there and can, and can, can, can stand there and take away what God has promised you. I don't care if they stand in your way. God's going to prevail. He's going to make a way for you. He'll make it like that. We, we played a video one time of some dude who runs these crazy, these marathon things are like 50 miles or 100 miles in a day. And he said, when you come to the wall, when you hit the wall, you, you either quit or you decide in your mind, you decide in your heart that you're going to go over, go through, go around, but there's going to be a way past this wall. And that, those are the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego fiery moments. Those are the opportunities. You started to go across the river, and then all of a sudden you've seen some, some giants. You come across the river ready to fight, and God says, why don't you just blow your trumpets and yell? So what did they do? They boldly blew their trumpets, and they boldly screamed and yelled. Why? Because God said. See, David came to him in that time, and David said to the Philistine in verse 45, you come to me with a sword and a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. Now, that doesn't mean that you might not have to swing a sword. You might not have to swing a little uh, a slingshot. You may not have to do, you're going to have to do something as you move out, but I'm telling you what, your words are powerful. As you begin to speak boldly, and he boldly proclaimed in this situation what he felt needed to be said. He boldly proclaimed that there was an enemy standing in his way, and that he was going to speak past that enemy to the victory. 
He wasn't even going to give him the dignity of talking to who he is and trying to rationalize with him. He spoke right through him and right past him that you, you will be given to our hands this day. Not us die, but you are going to die. We are going to kill you and we're going to prevail because you have come against the armies of the God Most High and you are the one who is going to be run over. Not, oh, sir, can we make a deal? See, many times we want to make a deal. We want to, we want to, we want to say, okay, I'll keep that 100 bucks and, and let's just make a deal. I'll give half. I'll rewrite a check, 50 bucks, and I'll pay the other 50 next week. See, I'll try to take that 100 and I'll try to chop it up and I'll try to make a deal with God and I'll say, you know what? I'll do, I'll do this four times instead of doing what you asked me to do that one time. And, and I'll break it up into those pieces and those parts. That's not boldly, that's not boldly proclaiming. That's not fulfilling the word that God gave you. He even went as far to say, I'm going to strike you and take off your head. So I'm going to strike you, I'm going to kill you, I'm going to cut off your head. Those are some big words because all he had was a slingshot. He used Goliath's own sword to take off his head. In that place and in that moment, you're going to have to do some things and say some things that are going to surprise you in the moment. They're going to surprise you. You're, go- you're going to come into things that you might have been planned for. You're going to come into things that maybe God told you, but you're going to turn a corner one day, and there's going to be an opportunity for you to have fresh manna that moment. To say, God, I'm going to have to be bold right now. You're going to have to fill my mouth. You're going to have to fill my hands. You're going to have to tell me what I'm supposed to do. And he will. These guys in the New Testament in Acts started going from place to place to place. The, the churches were exploding. Thousands of people were getting saved. They were moving at the speed of light. Trying to, trying to put it all together and trying to, you know, set it all up. And, you know, they kept writing all these letters, Paul did, as you go back through and, you, you know, you read Timothy and, and Hebrews and all these. I mean, they're writing these letters to people saying, come on, keep it up, keep it up. We were at your place last week. Don't forget what we talked about. You know, he kept encouraging Timothy along the way. Hey, man, pray in the Spirit, stir up the gift. You don't have to be afraid. Come on, my man. See, how many times do we as believers begin to get, we get isolated? Get out there and begin to speak the word, begin to do those things. You know, you come to church, God charges you right back up, sends you right back out there. We all want to live here because it's a nice place. We all want to stay here because we feel good about ourselves. But I'm telling you what, you can do it out there too. You can be bold, and your new season is outside those doors, not necessarily in here. And I'm not telling you you're not going to do something in here. Because God needs you to work and he needs you to be a part of the local church and what the vision is and, and doing those kind of things. But I'm telling you, as he takes you out those doors, he's putting you in some new spots and some new places. Man, that's exciting because you're going to have new victory. You're going to reap new harvest. There's going to be new fruit. How many like some new fruit in your life, see? I'd like a little new fruit in my life. I'd like to do something. See, it's, it's exciting. It's, it's bold. It's stepping out there. It's moving into a new thing and a new place. Yeah. Because that's where you grow. And that's where God begins to do something on the inside of you. He wants to use you to set people free you didn't even know he was going to use you for. He wants to use you in a place where you're going to do something good for him that you didn't even realize was going to happen yet. You just wanted to move out, just wanted to be excited, just wanted to be ready. You know, you think about Peter and John as they're going through, and Peter gets up and he says that message, and he cuts the hearts of all those people. They cry out, how can we be saved? And 3,000 people come to the Lord. And then they start hearing about it, right? They start hearing about it in Acts chapter 4. Everybody's talking about it. These guys, are, these guys are just like you and I, man. They're just, they're just filled with the Holy Ghost and just trying to figure out tomorrow what we're going to do. See, they're just trying to figure out, you know, like, what, what, what are we going to do today? There go, this is like the next thing. Like all these people get saved, and all of a sudden everybody starts talking about it. And then it says, if you, if you go in chapter 4 of, of Acts, in verse 4 it says, However, many of those who heard the word believed, and the number of men came to be about 5,000. 
So one day they had, they had all those people get saved at 3,000 when it was the day of Pentecost, and all of a sudden they got, they got the blind guy or the, the guy who can't walk who's lame at the gate, and they say, well, you know, I don't know what I got. I ain't got nothing in my pocket, buddy, but I'll tell you what I do. I've got the power of God aligned by the, by the let me just, God, Jesus stripes your heel, baby. Here, I'll tell you, this is all I got, man. Just in the name of Jesus Christ, and now just rise up and walk. And I'm sorry, they didn't even, I mean, that, there, wasn't, there wasn't like something to remind them. There wasn't, there wasn't like this has been done before. This was like they just came across the moment, came across the scene. They're filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. Hey, you know what? I got it. I'm going to give it to you too. Here you go, brother. The power of God meets needs. See, the power of God meets needs. Not necessarily your needs in that moment, but he'll use you to meet somebody else's needs. And in doing that, God will meet your needs. Because it says he will meet all of your needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. But you don't have to have your needs met to meet somebody else's needs. So you can boldly move out. These guys, I'm sure they had needs. They got all these people getting saved. But they're just boldly going from place to place to place. This guy gets healed, starts jumping around, starts going wild like we all would. Starts proclaiming it. People start hearing about it. And 5,000 more people got saved. Can you imagine? Now that's the way it's going to end up being in the church in these last days as we roll. People are going to think it's funky. People are going to think it's weird. People are going to think it's not right. People aren't going to be able to understand it. Of course not, because it's spirit. It's not flesh. When God begins to move and people begin to set free, and you know, this guy was a wreck and he was a mess and he was an alcoholic and his arm didn't work and he came to church and he got saved and God touched his heart and his arm works and he didn't drink anymore and he goes home, proclaims it to the people in his neighborhood, there are going to be people wanting to find out what's going on. TV 18 won't have enough cameras to be in the places they need to be in for all that God's about to do. But it takes people who have boldness, they got tenacity, and we're stepping out. See, it takes you reaching out. How many of you know you're working somewhere at Fairfield or wherever that is, and somebody gets sick, and you reach out and you touch them? Somebody's in there, and their finger gets cut off in a machine, and you grab a hold of it, because God says grab a hold of it and pray, and their finger comes back? They'd probably close the plant down. <laughs> oh, should be there, everybody trying to figure out, scratching their head, what happened? And there are going to be people getting saved. I mean, all kinds of things going on. You say, well, that's a little bit past where I am. New season. New day. You may not have seen that yesterday, but maybe God's telling you that today. So maybe God's putting you in a place that you've been there for a long time, and you've been a good witness, and you've been a good guy, and you've kept your tongue, and you've continued to pray, and you've continued to do the things that God told you to do just because people were coming against you and saying all kinds of things, but there'll come a day. See, there'll come a moment. There'll come a time where all of a sudden you're, you're at the gate, and there's something that means, and you go, man, I got no silver and gold, but I'll tell you what I do have. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk, and I'm going to boldly proclaim it. Well, pow. And even when people came and said, you can't do that, right? The people came and told them, you need to stop that. They put him in jail and said, you got, you got to stop doing that. You got, to stop, you got to stop talking about Jesus. You have to stop talking so boldly. You know, we'll let you go if you'll just be quiet. Don't be quiet. See, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego didn't make a deal. David didn't come to the Philistine and say, you know what, if you guys just kind of go on, I'll put my stones back in the water, and we'll, we'll kind of go our way, and you kind of go your way. See, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego didn't say, hey, you know what, tell you what, man, just between me and you, you know, we'll, okay, we'll, just, you know, we'll do it here one time, but just, you know, don't tell, we don't tell anybody, you won't tell anybody, we'll just, just don't kill us. They didn't do that, they boldly proclaimed the truth. You know, the disciples, they were, in this, they were in this position, and Peter and John, and they said, you know what? We're in, we're in a position where they're going to let us go if we'll be quiet. And they said, sorry, man, <laughs> can't do it. Sorry, can't go there. 
They actually said, what shall we do to these men? For indeed, a notable miracle has been done. In verse 20, it says, for we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. We cannot but boldly proclaim the things that we know are truth. We cannot be held back. We cannot be stopped. Everywhere that we go, everywhere that, the foot of our, 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 everywhere that our foot touches and treads, God has given us that. He's, he's spoken. There's no man that can come against us. He's told us we have the power of God alive on the inside of us. We will boldly proclaim. They actually prayed for more and greater boldness, right? If you go on, it says in verse 29, Now look, Lord, look on, our, on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness that we may speak your word. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled, in verse 31, together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with what? With boldness. Everywhere that they went. Boldly going where no man has gone before. See, boldly. Now, I'm telling you, that's, how do you stir yourself up? How do you get there? Because you're like, I'm looking at what God told me, and I don't have any idea, and I don't think I could even possibly do that. I don't think I could even possibly get there. I don't even know what to do. Begin to pray in the Spirit. Why? Because that builds you up in your most holy faith. It begins to pr- produce a strength. It begins to produce a boldness in you that, 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 that really, truly, that nobody can stop. It begins to ignite a fire on the inside of you. It begins to change who you are. It begins to stir you up in a way. It says in Matthew chapter 5, and then we'll finish. You're going to face difficulty. You're going to face situations. You're going to face stuff. But God has put you here for a reason. He's put you here for a season. And he's put us here so that we really truly can be the salt and the light of the earth. It says in Matthew chapter 5 that if the salt loses its flavor, then what good is it? It says if you take a light and you put a little cap on it, what good is the light? See, the salt flavors the food. The salt, really, truly, that's the boldness that God's putting on the inside of you. He has created you to be different, to be something that that was absolutely out there. Like we talked about on Sunday, do do your words, your, your, your positive powerful words do they make people nervous see does your faith make people like go wow what is up see when these disciples were going from place to place and from town to town people came some wanted to hear what they said others just wanted to see what the heck is going on because there's something about these guys see there's something about these people there's something that's different everywhere jesus went there were crowds that swelled A lot of them wanted to be healed. A lot of them wanted to hear what they said. A lot of them just wanted to see what is going on and why is this happening. It says in Matthew chapter 5 that that is going to happen to us. So you wonder why those strange people are following you around. So you wonder why those those people who always seem to be down and out are chasing you. Why, Why do the people always come to you who are a mess? Because they're following the light. They're looking for the salt. Well, they don't listen to me. They don't do anything. They don't do what I tell them. Yeah, 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 just hang on. Keep going. Keep going. It says, let your light shine. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father that is in heaven. Like Peter who stood up and boldly proclaimed that that prophecy that's in Joel. In chapter 2. And at the end they said, 
What do we need to do to be saved? So that takes, that takes boldness. That takes guts to stand up in front of all these people. This is brand new. He doesn't even know what to tell them it is. I mean, he, he, what is he going to tell them? I mean, all he knows to tell them is this was, this was prophesied and promised to us back in Joel. Jesus said to wait, and all of a sudden we were waiting, and we were all in one accord. And presto magic, man, we are filled with the Holy Ghost, and we are all talking in different tongues. He didn't have a book to give them all and say, this is what tongues are about. He didn't have a book to say, I want you to go home and read this. Now we have those things today, and we give those to people, and that's fantastic. What he stood up and proclaimed was, this is that which Joel prophesied. This is the change. This is the power. This is the new thing that's coming onto the scene. And in your life, your family's going to be asking you stuff like, what is wrong with you? What is up with you? What has happened to you? See they'll, begin to, see, they'll begin to come to you and say, I don't understand what is going on. Pastor Pam packed up three little kids and drove to, to Tulsa to live. And her family wasn't real sure that she was in her right mind. But Grandpa kept it in mind. You know, it reminds me of Jacob. You know, it says all the dreams and all the stuff. And it said that, that everybody was a little nervous and everybody was unsure. But it says that Daddy kept that thing in mind. Grandpa drove us out there and... I knew he wasn't real sure that she knew what she was doing. But he said, you know what? I'm going to see what God's going to do. Made sure we were all right, and then he drove away and went home. And you know what? God knew what he was doing. He may ask you to do something different. He may ask you to do something new. Your family may not understand it. The people at work may not understand it. People may not really get what you're saying at the moment, but you keep proclaiming it. You keep saying it. You keep boldly living the way that God called you to live. You keep boldly advancing into the new season that he's called you into. You keep boldly standing on the truth. You keep boldly standing for morality in your life. You keep boldly standing in faith that God will take care of your family and your children. You keep boldly proclaiming that God is who he said he was. He's going to do what he said he would do. You keep boldly stepping out and giving the way that God told you to give your finances, your time, and of your efforts. You, you, you begin to boldly do all of the things that God's asking. You begin to boldly make a stance. You begin to boldly draw a line in the sand. You begin to boldly proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ to the people who come across your path. You become, you become so bold that you are out of your mind. That people say, you are out of your mind. Yes, thank God I am. You know, thank God I am out of my mind. I, I can, we're, we're boldly proclaiming things that we don't even know we can touch and see right now. Why? Because we, we, we see by faith. We proclaim those things that are out there. We, we are a little bit nuts and a little bit off. We are, just like I mean, for, as far as the world's concerned. But really, truly, we're right on mark. We're right on pace. Don't worry about you. Worry about what God's going to do with you in these areas and in these places and who he's going to use you to touch in this new season, this new time. Amen. Let's stand up together. Amen. We'll get bold. We hope you've been encouraged, strengthened, and challenged in your walk with Jesus. If you need prayer for situations in your life, we encourage you to email us at prayer at victorylafayette.org or call our offices at 765-447-7777. If you desire to make Jesus the Lord of your life, or if you've drifted away from the relationship you once had, I encourage you to pray this prayer with me today. Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. 
I believe Jesus died for me and rose from the dead today. I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I receive the forgiveness for all my sins. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you come into my life and empower me to live a victorious life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.